Hey guys, and welcome to Against the Grain, a podcast where we discuss how to live differently and take the narrow path that isn't popular in today's post-Christian culture. Our goal is to look at life differently through a biblical lens to understand how God wants us to live in today's day and age. We talk about current topics millennials are facing today, not talked about in the pulpit, and what they mean to us as Christ followers. Right, let's get to it. So if you haven't already noticed, I don't do things in the traditional podcast format way. I don't have an organized um, outline that I go by. I kind of just hop on here and spout off whatever comes to mind. Um, it's rather disorganized, much like my, my life in general. Um, so I won't lie to you about that. Um, but yeah, I wanted to come on here and talk today about something that's been very prevalent, especially in Instagram culture. Um, that I see a lot of Christians specifically kind of starting to struggle with. And maybe it's a moment where we can discern on it and talk about it and discuss it a little bit more. And it could be something that could be um, eye-opening to a lot of us in our walks. That being said, I'll tell you what it is. You might be a little shocked. It is grind culture. What is grind culture? Some of you may not be too familiar with this, what it is basically is it is a culture of giving your best, doing your best, going all out for basically self-gratification. So you may see a lot of influencers like, say, Cameron Haynes or David Goggins or Jocko Wilnick. Um, those are kind of the primary drivers of this movement. Um, and while I think we can glean a lot of good segments, a lot of good pieces of of wisdom and knowledge from the way they live, there is a warning to Christians that we need to be aware of. Um, And I think that is the self-serving attitude that we have. Um, And what I mean by that, we'll dig into that a little bit more. Um, It's kind of complex and not maybe totally readily available to witness if you're looking at it from the outside in. You know, you might be asking yourself, Tiffany, what is what is the deal with this? What what could possibly be wrong with the way these guys live? They they have extreme zealous um, attitudes, and they're so on fire for whatever they're doing. How could that be bad? The thing is, it's not all bad. I think that God has given us each an inherent. Um, zealous attitude towards certain things, whatever your kind of niche interest is. And it's different for all of us. It's different for all the believers in the kingdom. So I think we all have this certain thing that we're passionate about. Um, What we have to be careful of is that this thing does not take the place of God. And what I mean by that is we can't continue to live this obsessive lifestyle to the point where we are obsessing over this thing in our life so much that that is all we focus on, all our energy goes towards, all our ambitions lead to. And you see that a lot in this kind of segment of the Instagram sphere. And maybe you're not totally familiar with who these individuals are, are, but maybe you've seen it in a similar capacity in the girl boss mentality. Um, That can also kind of fall into that as well. That grind it till you die kind of mentality that we see a lot of. So 
It can be a very interesting and complex topic, but I think it's worth tackling because it's something that we need to discern and be aware of and make sure that we're not falling into the same kind of trap. So let's dive on in. What I mean by that, by this trap, let's just break down some of these guys. So for example, Cameron Haynes and David Goggins, they live very different lifestyles from many of us. What I mean by that is they are extreme. If you have ever seen Cameron Haynes, he is the guy that's lifting a 120 pound rock and carrying it up Mount Saiga, you know, just walking up Mount Saiga, carrying this gigantic rock just for exercise. Sometimes he is the one that runs marathons every day. Um, He's known for kind of getting up in the middle of the night, like three, four in the morning, grinding it out and then going to a regular nine to five job. He works at like a electrical or not electrical, like a municipality type thing. So he's kind of famous for like having a regular blue collar job, but also continuing to put in that extra work to go the extra mile. And he gets it done no matter if it's you know, he has to get up at 3 a.m. before anybody else does and it's still dark out. He gets it done, whether it's icing, snowing, sleeting. He gets it done in the evening, whether he has to sacrifice other obligations in the evening. He gets it done and he prioritizes that lifestyle over anything and everything. So similarly, David Goggins, many of you probably have heard of David Goggins before as well. Interestingly enough, he is from my hometown, which is blows people's minds when they hear that because they just can't believe that. But yes, I actually went to the school that was in the southern part of the county and he went to the school that was in the northern part of the county. So we are nowhere even close to being the same age. But I think it's just a really interesting fact that we both came from the little town of Brazil, Indiana. So yes, fun fact for you there. But David Goggins similarly is known for his above and beyond attitude in particularly fitness, but also the military. He was an overachiever. He was also known for breaking many, many records within this, um, I think he was in the Navy, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But regardless, he was well known in his uh, military career. And then after that, speed forward, he actually transitioned into being a um, ultra marathon runner and breaking all kinds of world records, like very, very impressive resume if you are an outside person looking in. Um, and you might ask yourself, okay, why are you picking these guys apart? What, what's the deal here? These seem like, you know, extra successful people that have everything going for them. Why, why would we have a podcast episode about that? And I want to tell you, I'm not here to pick these people apart whatsoever. In fact, I think that they have a lot of good characteristics and attributes about them that we can in turn use as Christians, which is exactly why we're talking about this today. So let's first talk about the negatives of this lifestyle, okay? There are a ton of negatives. When you live a grind-it-all-out mentality um, lifestyle, So for example, certain sacrifices have to be made when you are running a marathon a day. That's something that I've always thought, you know, how is this guy getting up before the sun comes up, pushing his body through ridiculous hardship, going to a regular nine to five job, coming home, 
He's lifting weights. He's shooting his bow and arrow to practice. He's doing ice baths for recovery. Where on earth does he have time to spend with his family? Especially if you're raising young kids. I mean, this seems absolutely out of your realm of possibilities. Where is his time to just relax and kind of veg out on the couch and watch TV? Where's his time to help his wife um, do laundry or, you know, cook? Where are all of these other things fitting into his schedule? And the truth is they can't all fit. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. And it's true. What you do with it matters. What you do with it defines the trajectory of your whole life. That is absolutely a good takeaway. Something that we also have to realize though, with this mentality, I see a lot of young guys falling into this, this kind of trap as well. They will grind it out until they are ground down, until they have nothing left in their tanks. And we know as Christians that that is just absolutely not the way God wants us to live. In fact, you know, when we think back to Genesis, you know, God making the earth, what did he do on the seventh day? He rested. He took a break. God, the creator of the entire universe, took a break. What does that tell us? That tells us that we do not need to live a lifestyle where we are not giving ourselves breaks because we are mere mortals. We are nothing. And that kind of brings me to a second point I wanted to discuss um, is that not only are you having to sacrifice a lot of things that biblically you should be valuing, such as family, such as nurturing your wife, nurturing your children. I'm not saying that they these characters don't do these things, um, but I'm saying that they probably don't do them in the design capacity that God designed biblically. And we can do this, we can do this in many ways as well, not even living this lifestyle. You know, we can choose to work a job that completely drains us to the point where we are just nothing at the end of the day. We have nothing to give to God. We have nothing to give to our families. So we have to be careful about where we choose to put our energy. Um, At the same time, we are called to give it our all when we are at work. So it's kind of about finding that intricate and unique balance to where you're glorifying God, you're nurturing your family, and you're doing it to not deplete your energy sources to the point where you cannot physically function at the end of the day. So Another really important kind of thought to consider is who does this lifestyle serve? What am I looking to gratify through this lifestyle? In other words, what am I looking to prove by living a lifestyle so extreme that I'm risking burnout, I'm risking my family, I'm risking divorce, I'm risking raising children that are half there. Um, You got to consider all of those when thinking about this lifestyle. And the hard truth is that this type of lifestyle is often not, I don't want to say always not, because there are some extreme athletes who seem to still prioritize God above all else. And I have great respect for that. Um, I think they are shiny examples of living that type of lifestyle to an extreme. However, For the average person, we have to ask, why are we doing this? Who are we trying to glorify? And I think oftentimes the answer is we're trying to prove something to 
other people. We are trying to gain popularity or we are trying to make a name for ourselves. And in that sense, we are doing what they did in the Tower of Babel. We are building up for ourselves a kingdom that we are hoping to reach to the sky one day. And on that kingdom, it is a self-glorifying attitude. We want to prove to others that we are the toughest. We are the strongest. We are better than anybody else. While you're sitting on the couch, I'm out here running 10 miles in the morning. That is often the attitude that is accompanied by this grind till you die type motivation. And like I said, there are many other influencers that are kind of in this bubble often well, I mean, generally always they're men and that there's nothing at all against men being strong. Biblically, that's what we are called um, to be. Not we, I guess I'm a woman, so I can't say that, but men are called to be strong and to provide for their families. But women, I, t- I think too, can fall into this, this grind till you die mentality. Um, specifically, if you're into fitness and things like that, um, really any aspect, any any kind of you know, career where you're climbing the corporate ladder and you're giving it all and you're not prioritizing serving the Lord, serving others, serving your family first. I think that can also be kind of, that can be very dangerous to us. So yes, I think it's important to ask yourself, who am I looking to glorify with this lifestyle? Am I building my tower of Babel? Am I building my own kingdom so I can be raised up and I can be looked at differently so that I can be someone of importance? Am I trying to make myself a god? And I think that is often the answer to that is yes in this type of motivational culture. So now, since we've kind of hashed out a lot of the negatives, um, let's talk about some positives. What can this lifestyle bring to us as Christians? How can this help our daily walk? So I think a couple a couple takeaways and, and points just generally off my head. Um, these people are extremely zealous. I mean, there is no denying that. If you're carrying a 120-pound rock up a hill, up a mountain, um, you win the Zealous Award in my book. So my question is, how could that same excitement and energy for our first love, which is not ourselves, and it's not the world. That's not our first love. It's not popularity. That's not our first love. Our first love as Christians is Jesus. How can we come back to our first love and acquire that kind of zealousness? And I think it's very easy. God reminded me that of this the other day when I was reading through Jeremiah Um, Jeremiah is often a warning, um, and, and two common themes occur in Jeremiah when I was reading the other day. One was God wanted the people to repent, lament, which means to be sad, to grieve, to let your sin really grieve your heart and your soul, which it absolutely should. And I think oftentimes as Christians, we sometimes let our sins be dulled down or we don't take them as seriously as what we should. Um, they don't grieve our souls. Oftentimes we're just like, yeah, God, forgive me, please. I know I won't do that again. And we don't take time to sit 
at rock bottom and to sit and wallow in our sins like maybe we should. And I'm guilty of this too. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we're guilty of looking at it like a behavior modification. You know, okay, God, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely change that. Sorry, um, won't do that again. But, but God in Jeremiah talks specifically about people lamenting, putting on sackcloth, a grieving process, which is similarly, you know, to what you would do when someone died. I mean, you would take that very seriously if someone close to you died. It would be a process. It would be a couple days, you know, months, maybe years. You know, you would take your sin comparably as seriously as if someone had died because we are called to take up our crosses and die daily to ourselves. And so our sins should carry some weight. They should carry a certain magnitude of impact on our lives. So he asked, again, the two things, okay, repent, earnestly repent, not just repent like we talked about, like, God, sorry, let's move on. Earnestly repent. The second thing he wanted his people to do was to turn from their wicked ways, which is a very important part of repentance. Um, And, you know, I understand that some sins have strongholds on our lives and the devil just keeps bringing them back and back and back because he knows we are susceptible to those things. So I think it's important to also, in turning away from our sins, a really important part of that is understanding how badly our sins grieve God and in turn grieving in that same way ourselves. And then if we do that, if we have true repentance, repentance is turning turning your way around. It is turning away from the thing that you were doing and doing something differently. And that was the second part. God wanted us to repent, wanted his people to repent earnestly and change their ways. Those are two really interesting things that I don't think we as Christians do very well today because I think a big emphasis is, which is, it's great. You are saved by faith alone. But I, I think we forget I think we forget that important part of actually obedient, being obedient to God and walking with God every day. I think that's a really important walk. So how that relates back to this whole thing. If we can come back to God in true repentance, I truly believe there is victory in Jesus. When we have been forgiven from sins for the price of his blood, Again, nothing we could have did on our own free will. There is a zealousness. There is a zealousness over turning over that old life, that old way of doing things. And there is new freedom. There is new promise, new beginnings, new hope in who you are today. Because yesterday was bad. Yesterday I was lamenting. I was crying. I was on the floor face down really, really absorbing the whole entirety of my sins, praying for God to open my eyes to how bad this sin grieves his heart. Today, I am a new person because I know I am forgiven in Jesus Christ. I know that. So what am I going to do with that gift? What today am I going to do for God's kingdom? And that in itself brings its own sort of zealousness to our lives, which I think is extremely important. And again, you see that same thing 
characterized in these people that are living these extreme lifestyles, you know, you often think probably, how do they have the energy to do these things, to get up at 3 a.m. every morning and to run a marathon? I would be exhausted. Where does their energy and their life force come from? Well, my friends, we have a much better life source than they do. Um, granted, not you know, some of them are believers. I will give them that. Um, and some of them glorify God with the way they're living. However, if they don't, you know, it's important to remember we have the best life source. We have the best giver of zealousness and strength. I think sometimes zealousness can also come from the devil. <laughs> it can also come from the world. Um, a prime example of that is when you look at a lot of celebrities, uh, a lot of celebrities that are living satanic lifestyles are millionaires. They're billionaires. They seem to be blessed beyond belief, right? They're zealous. They're talented. They have all these skill sets. So when we look at these guys and we think, where's all their energy coming from? It's not always coming from God. And we just have to remember that. And you can't look at yourself or your journey as less just because you don't have as much energy. You don't have as much strength. You're not running a marathon every day. You're not killing it in the gym. Our strength does not come from our own person. And that's what we have to remember. That's what we have to be encouraged by is we are strengthened by the Lord and we have an endless supply of zealousness if we will just take hold of it. If we will just remember our first love, which is Jesus, remind ourselves of the gospel daily. It is daily, guys. It's hard. That's why it says that you need to take up your cross daily. It is a daily <laughs> sanctification process. It really is. It's a lifetime of remembering the gospel and what God has done for you. And a lot of people in the Bible that God outlines, one of their main problems was they forgot to keep reminding themselves of God's goodness. God talks often about how, you know, they forgot that he brought them out of Egypt and how he, they forgot that he brought them out of the wilderness and he provided for them. And how often do we do that today? I mean, we, <laughs> I know I'm guilty of it too. I did not live the most perfect path and I really am humbled when I think about how far down, how far on rock bottom I was and where I came to now only by the grace of God. Again, nothing I could have earned. And it's truly humbling, but that's where we have to come back to. We have to just remember God's goodness in our life and how far he's truly brought us out from the trenches of sin. And when we do that, we have a renewed zealousness. And we want to say, this is the next part of this zealousness. What do you do with it? <laughs> do you go run a marathon every day? I don't know. Maybe if it's for the glory of God. Sure. I think that's a wise idea. Um, just make sure that you are glorifying God, but you don't have to do that to live for him. But imagine if we took that same zealousness that Cam Haynes and David Goggins and Jocko Wilnick have, and we put it into kingdom building work. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm thinking here. <laughs> I'm thinking what our churches would look like. 
I'm thinking what our communities would look like. I'm thinking what our schools and our college campuses would look like. They would look extremely different. It just blows me away that we as Christians have so much potential and we have so much zeal because our you know we have the zeal that is truly from the Lord. We have it. We have such a good opportunity. And God wants us to use that opportunity to build the kingdom. So I want to encourage you today. Get involved in your local crisis pregnancy center. Get involved in teaching youth Bible study. Get involved in even Sunday school. Get involved in helping a friend start a Bible study and you guys just do it once a week. There are so many awesome things. Learn an instrument and play it at church. There are so many ways to be zealous, given your specific talents to glorify God. Maybe you're musically inclined, so maybe learning that instrument and playing in the band would be good for you. Maybe you're good at singing. Maybe you're good at administration. Maybe that's one of your spiritual gifts. So maybe volunteering to serve as treasurer or secretary at the church. Maybe that's going to be your strong suit. But God gives us all these amazing spiritual gifts and talents. And I believe also that God gives us divine interests. That can be a whole other podcast episode. Okay, but we'll save that for next time. But God gives us interests just to sum it up. And I think that those lead us on our specific paths and they're all different. Some of us may be interested in science. Some of us may be interested in politics. (laughs) Some of us might be interested in business. And I think that God instilled those interests in us in order to put Christians in each and every field there is out there, which that can be a whole different podcast episode because I could talk about that forever. But getting back to this, so imagine if we took that same zealousness that these guys had and we put it into kingdom work, how amazing would our communities be? What if it's starting that online ministry? What if it's serving at the food pantry? There are so many options. What if it is simply sharing the gospel when you're sitting next to somebody at the dentist's office? (laughs) I mean... That same zealousness can be applied to our field of work, which is evangelism, which is proclaiming the gospel unashamedly, sharing the gospel, helping, teaching, encouraging, administering. Whatever our field is, we can apply that same zealous nature to. And so I think it's really important to be in deep prayer and ask God, God, what is What is this field that you want me to apply the zealousness in? How can I be excited for you and light me on fire? I'm so excited about Asbury in uh, certain aspects because it is, revival is happening all across the country, not just in Asbury. And I love it anytime someone gets saved. And I think that, you know, This is going to bring about a lot of good opportunities for Christians to start those Bible studies on campus, start worship services, bring a friend that has not, um, came before. And it's, it's our job. It's our, it's our duty to be excited and to be zealous and to show people that Christians are not boring people. We're not just 
you know, this is our rule book and you have to sit in the same seat each time you come on Sunday and you mustn't speak out of place. And if you do, you're a grave sinner and you're kicked out of the church. Following God is so much more exciting than the world portrays it. (laughs) And if you're outside looking in, I encourage you to truly get to know a Christian because, uh, you know, we are, we have nothing to lose because we've already lost it all. You know, we've gave it all up to Christ. And so we look at the world through a completely different lens and it's exciting and it should excite us. It should motivate us to be builders of his kingdom. So I hope that you can glean at least those things, um, from these individuals. Of course, making sure not to idolize any of these individuals or celebrities, anybody of this nature is critical. We have to remain true to our first love, which is Jesus. Okay. But there are certain lessons that we can learn and apply to our field, which is living a Christian life. There's so many takeaways we can learn from these people. So I hope this episode encouraged you today and gave you some insight, maybe some biblical perspective on um, some of these cultural influencers. I know influencers are kind of becoming our celebrity, our version of celebrities. Um, So it's really important to use discernment with all of these influencers that we come across today and just ask yourself what you're being influenced by and who you are desiring Um, to take up space in your feed, in your mind, in your heart, in your life. And I hope and pray that it is Jesus for you, my friends. And I hope you have an awesome, awesome week ahead. Again, if there is anything that you want to hear on this podcast going forward, please email me at podministry, P-O-D, ministry at gmail.com. And if you would love to comment on the show or make a correction, I am always, always up for constructive criticism. I appreciate it so much. If you enjoy it, please leave a review. Um, And I'm just, I'm so glad to be back and talking to you guys in a formal-ish kind of, this is way more conversational than formal manner. But thank you so much for listening. Please do share this with your friends if you get any enjoyment out of it at all. And please find us on face on the Facebook community page and join that. Um, again, I love hearing from you guys. So please feel free to reach out in any way possible. And I hope you have a blessed week. Thanks, guys.